Amen. It's a good day to be in church, yeah? Yes, it is, even though it's cold, and God bless you all for braving the cold. I was guilty over the last few weeks of mocking those who told me how cold Montreal was, and I was like, come on. Okay, now I'm cold. Okay, now I'm cold, and, uh, but that's okay. It's okay. It's warm in here, so all is good, and, uh, and it's a good day to be in church. How many are glad to be here today? Yeah, it's good. The rest of you, you'll get glad. It's going to be fine. Um, You're going to have a handout. Well, you should already have a handout somebody gave you as you came in this morning. Some of you are note takers and you like to write stuff down and you also just like to know how much longer till the pastor's done speaking. And so I thought I'd give that to you and pull out a pen because when we get to the points where you're going to want to fill in blanks, it's going to come fast. Okay, so you're not going to want to go digging in your purse for a pen at that point. Do the digging now. If you're a person that's not really into paper and pen, you're more a technology person, you feel free to pull out your smartphones, your iPads, whatever you want to do, and take some notes on there. If you want to tweet it or put it on Facebook, you go right ahead, just turn off the sound so it doesn't drive anybody else crazy. But I think it's kind of good to let people know out there what might be happening in here on Sunday morning, yeah? Yeah. All right, good. So... Um, here's what I want to do today. I, I want to finish up this series we've been doing about money. Okay, so take a deep breath and go, oh, she's talking about money again. Okay, but it's the last Sunday, I promise you. And here's what I wanted to tell you. You know, we've been here, how long? Can anybody tell me? Guys, a hundred years. Turn to somebody and say, a hundred years. Pat yourself on the back. You're still here. Did you know that all through cities, all the way through Canada, in urban centers, the downtown areas of cities have, have all kinds of old church buildings of churches that were started a hundred years ago, and now they're empty, or they're almost empty, or they've been turned into condos. And we're still here a hundred years later. That's good news. There's all kinds of reasons why that kind of a thing happens. It might empty out because the demographics change. And, uh, and, and so, uh, like, the, the, mm, the demographics of the city might change. So, for example, some of you have told me about the 60s and 70s when a whole bunch of businesses and stuff emptied out of the province of Quebec, and that would have affected the attendance at Evangel. Or there's times when churches say, uh, we've never done it that way before, and they don't want to change, and they don't ever want to move forward. They just go, this is the way we are. And those are the seven last words of a dying church. We've never done it that way before. And sometimes churches like that have just slowly gotten smaller and smaller till there's nobody left. Or sometimes it's just because um, the culture changes around. So maybe like 20, 25 years ago, everybody fled the cities, not just churches, people fled the cities. And now it's becoming trendy to come back and move into the city. And so there's all kinds of reasons why Evangel might not still be here a hundred years later, but um, you're still here. We're still here. And Evangel has been through all kinds of things. And think of all the things that have happened. You, there's all kinds of reasons why we might not have survived, why we might not be here anymore. And there are now brand new church plants that are coming into downtown Montreal. And I've met them and they're awesome. And we're still here. And then there's older churches that are being replanted. And I've met them and they're awesome. And we're still here. And this church has adapted and changed and gone through really good times and gone through times that were slightly less than really good. But there's memories either way. How many of you go, I remember the good old days, right? Only one of you? How many here go, I remember something that was called the good? How many here are excited about the future of this church? 
Okay, we have good old days and we have a future in this church and it's exciting stuff. And in a hundred years, imagine what's happened. I have truly lost count of the number of times people have told me about churches that were planted by Evangel. I don't know how many churches in Montreal exist because Evangel poured into them or planted them or birthed them or did whatever. There are nations around the world, global workers that we have sent out over the last hundred years and that we've supported. And, and, and so worlds have, the world has been changed by what Evangel has done. And here in Montreal, Evangel has been part of supporting ministries that feed people without homes. It's been part of supporting women's shelters. It's been part of supporting community services. Everybody has benefited by what Evangel is given. And here's the coolest thing. I thought of this this week. I thought it was just so awesome. We have three people on our staff here at Evangel. We have Pastor Shannon, who is the children's pastor. We have Ziad, who is our ops director. And we have Pastor Joe, who is our associate pastor. And did you know all three of them met Jesus at Evangel? They're here leading, pastoring here, and giving leadership at this place because Evangel poured into them. The generational handoff is astounding. It's so exciting to me. We are benefiting here from what has gone before. We are benefiting in this space and this time right now because of what has gone before. Because former generations at Evangel decided not to say, we've never done it that way before. We're here benefiting because former generations sacrificed and committed and they gave and they were owners because they knew that this church had poured into them and had enriched their lives and it helped impact their lives. And so they turned around and said, we're going to help impact the next generation. And that's the reason we're here. We benefit here because there have been pastors at this church, one after another after another, who have said, we're not just going to sit in our comfort zone of where we're at. We're going to move forward into the future, into what God has planned for us. So we are benefiting here from what has happened before. And future generations are going to benefit from what happens now. The coolest thing happened this week. I had three women came and they made an appointment with me, the three of them together, and they don't attend Evangel. They're from a different church. And uh, they said, Patty, we, we heard that you came to Montreal and we wanted to welcome you to Montreal and we wanted you to know we've been praying for you. Three women at a whole other church. They said, we, our group meets every week. We pray about a bunch of things. We've been praying for you. And we're praying every week for you. And we're praying for Evangel. And they said, we feel like God maybe has given us a few things that we could pass on to you that would speak to you. And it's up to you what you do with them. But we wanted to share them with you. And I said, well, that's great. And so they gave me this verse from Luke chapter 6, verse 38. And lots of you have heard it before. It says, give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. And then they said to me, Patty, they said, you know, we were praying for you and we, and, and we think that maybe Evangel's in a little bit, little bit tight spot financially. Is that? And I said, a little bit, right? A little bit. And they said, you know what? Evangel has been giving for a hundred years. God's going to give it back. That's what they said. And they said, we, we're just praying for that, that God will bless. I said, bring it. That's awesome, right? And so today, I'm not going to ask you to give more. Turn to the person beside you and go, well, thank goodness, right? 
Okay, I'm not gonna. Over the last two weeks, we've talked about money. We've talked about what followers of Jesus do, how we live, that we live generously, that we help people, that we help uh, be owners of our local church. And we've done that over the last two weeks. And I'm gonna assume that you have already made your decision about what your response is to that. So I'm not gonna ask you again. I'm not into guilt. I'm not into doing guilt trips, but here's what I am into doing I am into celebrating. I'm into celebrating everything that God has done over the last hundred years and what I think he's doing right now and what I think he's going to do for the future. And so I want to celebrate a whole bunch of things. I'm into celebrating missions or our global work, the stuff that Evangel has done. Did you know that right now at this moment, this church, you guys right here, support 11 global workers, 11 There are 11 workers around the world today who are able to pay their bills and do what they do because of what we do here. Are the nations that they are in, I had to write it down a list. We have people in Guatemala, in Ukraine, Cuba, India, two in South Africa, two in Kenya, Uganda, Haiti, and also one nation that I'm not allowed to tell you which one it is, and I don't even know which one it is for their own safety. We support people there. They work with orphans and women. They teach skills to people. They train church leaders. They do all kinds of things. And you're going to hear more about that in an event that's coming up in April. But here's one of the people that we support. I want you to see a video. This is one of the people we support. Christmas is a time of giving, a time when many give, I thought, to the less fortunate. But for one medical missionary working in Turkana County, this has been her life mission. Deborah Sirjoy Sin has lived in the Turkana community in Loima location for 32 years. Together with Pentecostal Assemblies of God Church, she cares for the sick, gives food to the hungry, as well as clean water. Our reporter Sharon Momani was at the health center in Turkana and spoke with this woman with her hat of Gold. Makucha, Kenya, 1983, December 3rd. Makucha, i a volunteer, Kufanya Kazi, anywhere that God desired me to Fanya Kazi, Hapo, Kenya. Nilipatewa, is that right, Ruth? Yes. Three choices Kufanya Kazi among the Maasai people, among the Pokot people, or among the Turkana people. Lakini kura ndege ilikuwa kupanga nafasi kukuja Turkana. So mdos wangu aliniambia so jaribu that trip to go to Turkana. Nilipofika in at the airstrip in Turkana which is just down here. Tuli shuka na nilifikiri nilifika hell because it was so hot. Wakati niliondoka Canada it was minus 40 degrees. Kufika Turkana, it was over 40 degrees. So that's how I came to Kenya. What did I come for? Mikuja kud to mikia muniyezi mungu. Ananipenda sana. Na that upendo lake nataka kugawa na watu. To share with anybody and everybody as much as I can. Now the language was another thing. I speak Spanish, French, and English, and whatever else. But this Turkana language was Swahili unknown to me. But I desired to want to serve God by serving his people. So therefore, I learned bit by bit, all these things. And so, do you know why I was so accepted by all the men? 
because I respected them. I respected them as the policymakers. They saw that I tried to speak their language. They saw in me someone they had not seen before. That's what I wanted. I wanted them to see God alive and well in me. Love. As a young teenager, I fell in love with God. I fell in love with the Word of God. I loved life. Call me selfish, maybe. Maybe it is an element of selfishness, but I never thought that I would want to share my life with a husband or to have children of my own. And I don't feel less of a woman. Our clients are small Russian every day. Yeah. I'm a giver because I saw the way God give. However, giving can be brought in a negative connotation and that can be called uh, sustainable dependency, where in giving and giving, the giver means well, but then people depend on you. And that I don't want to give, I don't want to be that kind of a giver, but my heart is a giver. You've been here 32 years, that's a pretty long time. What changes have you seen here in Namoriput socially, especially and development-wise? Amazing changing in people's lives. Leave the infrastructure of buildings and water, water wells. People's lives have changed. Some of the cultural um, behaviors that were practiced in the early days, for example, when the child is a uh, nine months to one year old is teething, the teeth, the bottom teeth are removed, the fever, they have fever and diarrhea, the people say, oh no, we have to remove it because that is causing the diarrhea and the fever. So they remove, they take a small metal and remove that. If you look at the children today and you've seen so many of them, they smile and they have their teeth. And my task right now is to mentor these young people whom you've met to disciple them so that they will catch the vision, mana maono, to reach their own people. And that's my desire. What does Christmas mean to you? God. 32 years she's been there. 32 years she's been doing what she does there because of what we do here. Yeah. Guys, you're a part of that. That's our church. Say it with me. That's my church. Say it with me. That's my church doing that. I'm into celebrating our missions and our global workers. I'm into celebrating our outreach. I have no idea all the things that we do here. I'm still learning them, but I'll read you the list of what I've come up with. This is the stuff that Evangel has done for over 100, or not over 100 years. We've done it over the past 100 years. We have a prison ministry. We feed people who don't have any homes. We offer language classes. We support Christian Direction and Innovation Youth, which is just down the street and is this fantastic organization pulling churches together to help meet the social needs of the city. We support the YMCA. We collected stuff for them to be able to help Syrian refugees have a warm coat on a day like this. We support La Femme Women's Shelter. So there's a women's shelter just around the corner from us that we help give money to so that at-risk women have somewhere safe to go. We have Le Campus, a Francophone campus that is on the east side of the city that we help to support. We help to make it work. And Pastor Normand, who is there, will 
will be here next Sunday giving you an update and letting us know everything that's happening over there. We support from Evangel two different Bible colleges that are training leaders and pastors for the future. One of those Bible colleges is French. One of them is English. We support both of them. And you know who else we support? We belong to a whole fellowship of of churches called the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada. It's divided into districts. And in Quebec district, how many know that Evangel is actually a pretty large church when compared to some of the others in Quebec? You know that, right? I met somebody this week. I was at a meeting with a bunch of pastors, and I met someone who goes to a church, and guess how many people attend her church? Ten. Used to have 20, but people moved away. But there's still 10 there, and they're excited about it. How many know a church of 10 people probably can't pay its bills? The district helps to support them. This church helps to support the district that helps make sure that all those other little churches in Quebec that are working hard to make a go of it are able to pay their bills. We help to do that. This church helps to do that. We are part of that. And so I'm not into guilt. I'm into celebrating. I'm into celebrating all the stuff that happens in-house here, right here in this space. And you go, well, Patty, everything in here is free. No, it's not. We don't manufacture our own hydro. We don't have a place where we're growing our own coffee beans. We don't, we don't all write all of our own music. Everything that happens here has a cost to it, and it's fantastic. We have great stuff. We have youth and kids and prayer meetings that happen during the week. Did you know that at the gathering place on Friday night, I get to do security. Everyone is really appalled by that, and it's one of my favorite jobs of the week. I get to do security on Friday nights at the gathering place, which means I get to say hello to everyone. And so a few minutes after the gathering place started last Friday, I looked out the Tupper Street door, and I saw these youth standing out on the corner, kind of looking a little bit lost. And I said to them, hey, are you looking for it? They go, yeah, where, where's the church? I go, this is it. Come on in. Because they're used to meeting at the lighthouse. There was a sign at the lighthouse saying, go around the corner to the church. And they were a little bit lost because they've never been in the church before because they're new. That's actually good news. That's good news. How many think it's good if we have youth that are outside going, where's that church that I've been attending? I'm looking for it because I'm new, right? That's a good thing. We had a friendship party here last night. That was awesome. We had a blast. We played musical chairs. And I just want you to know, some of you are terrifying people. And I'm staying out of your way whenever you want a seat. You can have mine anytime you want to. That has a cause to it. We have life groups. Our, our worship team doesn't just lead here on Sunday mornings. They go out and they do other stuff. They go out sometimes to, um, to seniors' homes. At Christmas, they went out. They've gone to La Gifem, the women's shelter, to be able to bring worship and music there. They're looking for all kinds of that. We have all kinds of things going on in here. And I think that's worth celebrating. Anybody else? Let me tell you what else I want to celebrate. I think we should celebrate our staff. We have fantastic staff at this church. I want you to know that. Most of our staff, here's the interesting thing. Most of our staff here are homegrown. They're only here because this church is here. This church poured into them. This church invested in them, and now they're giving back by serving here as leaders and pastors and staff members at this church. This was their church. Now, there are a few exceptions. There's Nick, who runs all of our music, and he's here part-time, and he's from Australia, so he wasn't actually homegrown from Evangel. He's the tall guy in the back there. I'm sorry we look so weary. That's how we look most of the time. But we're Sundays, we clean up all right. But Nick's the tallest guy in the middle at the back there. He's from Australia, and so you go, well, he wasn't homegrown. Well, the thing is, 
He actually was listening online to podcasts from Evangel long before he ever came to Canada. And so on his first Sunday here, he felt at home. Like, come on, that's cool, right? And then Pastor Mike, he's like me. He just arrived to be able to come here, but we're fitting in pretty quickly. But most of our staff, if Evangel hadn't been here for the last hundred years, pouring into people, we wouldn't have the leaders that we have today. That's cool. And so several months ago, when we knew that Reimagine, our renovation project here, was going to end up costing more than we expected it would, because any time you do renovations of any kind, whether it's a shed or a doghouse or your kitchen at home or a church, it ends up costing a little bit more than you thought it was going to. And so when that happened, the job still had to be finished. And so our staff was told, you ready? Don't spend anything. And they said, okay, so just what about, no. Well, I just need to, no. Okay, well, how about I should, no. Don't spend anything unless you absolutely have to. That's what they were told. So I asked them last week, what did you not spend? Where did you save money? Tell me the places where you stopped spending or where you saved money because our staff saved $85,000 over the last year. And I said, how did you do that? Because some of it is going to be ongoing savings and that's awesome. But some of it is some costs that were cut and they're going to need to be spent again because it was only a temporary solution. But I thought I'd give you some examples. This is where you want to pull out your pen and paper and scribble it down. I'm going to go at top speed, okay? Here's some places where we have saved money or where we have not spent over the last year or so. Let's do it by category. Building and administration. If you look up in the balcony, just crane your neck around exactly backwards, you will see that our balcony is a little bit dark. That's because we didn't have quite enough lights up there and we decided to hold off on getting more lights until we got more money to be able to do that. We, over the last year, reduced our phone bills here from $5,000 a year, just just gasp a little at that, from $5,000 a year to $1,250 per year. That's good. We reduced our monthly bank fees. This just makes my heart warm. I hate paying bank fees. Our bank fees used to be $300 to $500 a month, and now they're $81.45. Our staff did that. We bought a baptismal tank instead of renting it every time and paying money to rent it and go get it and use staff hours to go and get it. We negotiated lower prices for the chairs you're sitting on, parking, ink cartridges, surveillance cameras, the alarm system, the sound system that I'm talking to right now, and the Connect Cafe equipment we negotiated lower prices for. We sold stuff we weren't using anymore. Um, And there's a whole bunch of other things. And then if you go to the category of kids and youth, I said, what did you not spend on? What did you save money on? They said, well, actually, what we did was in 2014, we didn't have a VBS at all. We didn't have a summer day program for kids for a week long that we normally would have in 2014. And we did have one in 2015, but it was pretty bare bones. And they said, we didn't do a family fun fest this fall. We couldn't afford it. And in the past, they said, every time there's a holiday that happens like Christmas or Easter or Sunday school graduation or end of the year party or whatever, used to be a big party and there were all kinds of prizes and tons of food and all kinds of things given out, really nice Bibles given to graduates. And because of budgetary cuts, we didn't really do this. Or if we did, it was really cut down. It was really minimal cost. Our Sunday um, kids ministry uses less purchased items now for crafts and games than they used to before. And they've reduced the cost of the curriculum. Not entirely, because it's still important to teach our kids with quality stuff, right? 
but they reduced it somewhat. Um, our youth, they have a room over there at the lighthouse that they've been waiting for months because they just want to paint it. They want to paint it and make it their own space, and we haven't had the money to give them to be able to paint it, and so they've been holding off on that. Um, when there was a kickoff party for the fall and the winter for our youth and for our young adults, normally we would just have that party and have it for free. We had to charge admission to it because we didn't have the money to put it on. We have been able, our youth haven't been able to do a winter retreat. Our French campus would like to do a retreat as well with their leadership and they haven't been able to. Our overall ministry, let's switch to an overall ministry category. We saved $5,000 in the last year because of no guest speakers. You're stuck with me. Yeah. We cut back on parking and sets and props. The stuff that was up here at Christmas, if you were here, that was in storage. We didn't buy it. We, we pulled it out of storage and, and reused it. Um, last week's video, even on tithing that I showed you last week, it's normally $20. I got it for free. Yeah, I did. At your annual meeting that you had last fall before I came, there wasn't any food. Because of budgetary cuts. Um, No big Christmas event. Nobody went, here's the thing, nobody went to any conferences. Our staff need sometimes to get out there to learn new skills, to be refreshed, to be strengthened, to network with other people. We cut all conferences. Nobody has been going to anything like that. There's been no parties for the life groups. We didn't do a Thanksgiving meal for our community this year. And in case you're wondering, our worship team provides their own water bottles. And even though they're here at 6.30 in the morning on Sunday, right through till 1, usually in the afternoon, they provide their own water bottles and they get breakfast at the Connect Cafe just like all the rest of you. And there's more. Are you enjoying this yet? As our staff has shifted over the last year or two, some full-time positions have been reduced to part-time positions. And it's starting to show. So sometimes when you call the church, you will have an automated system that answers instead of a person. That's because of the cutbacks. You walk in here on Sunday morning and you and I both would love if we had printed bulletins and printed newsletters to give to people because not everybody loves social media. Not everybody loves the website. You would love to have something handed to you. We don't have the staff to be able to do that. We also, sometimes you're gonna walk into this building and you're gonna go, it's not as spotless as I would like it to be. That's because we don't have the extra custodial staff to do the extra work on top of the full-time hours that are already put in the connect cafe let's talk about the connect cafe because i've had a few people say to me you know it used to be free okay you understand it was never free somebody was paying i'm firing her I don't like her. I understand that we used to offer everything at the Connect Cafe at no cost, and the church budget was able to absorb the cost. We can't right now, but I came up with this great idea. No, I didn't. I took it from somebody else, but it's a great idea. And what we've done is we've instituted a button system there, and you go, that is so weird. So what happens is we've got a jar under the counter, and we've got a jar on top of the counter. And the one under the counter is filled with buttons that nobody has bought yet. And if you come up and you say, I would like to buy a coffee for a dollar, and I'd also like to give another dollar and buy a button that somebody else can use, you can do that. And the person behind the counter is going to give you your coffee for one dollar, and then they're going to pull a button out for another dollar, and they're going to put it in the jar on top. And then the next person in line is going to come up and say, I'd like to buy a coffee, but I don't have a dollar. Well, that's all right. There's a button in here. Somebody already paid for it. We'll just take that and you can have your coffee. How many think it's cool when the body of Christ actually can look after each other in that way, right? 
So we're doing that. And you go, but who's going to give? Well, I donated $20 worth of buttons last Sunday, and I did it again this Sunday, and I probably will again. We can look after each other, and we can do all kinds of stuff without costing our budget more. I am celebrating our staff who have saved or not spent $85,000 this year. They're awesome. Yeah, they're awesome. And it is great that we have saved some money because it's good to look at expenses sometimes and check and see if there's ways that we can save. But you know, there's other places, like it's not a good long-term solution to cut back and not serve our kids. It's not a good long-term solution to not have family fun festivals and not have a VBS and not be able to pour into our kids because kids matter. And by the way, our kids downstairs, they're right on track with their planned giving. They're actually a little bit ahead of where they expected to be. So they're giving, but kids matter and their families matter. And listen, you guys, a church that doesn't invest in the life of their kids will not outlive its seniors. You go, well, I don't, I don't know. No, if we don't invest in kids, we don't have kids. And then those kids don't grow up to become youth and they don't grow up to become young adults and they don't grow up to be contributing members of society who are awesome adults giving Jesus Christ to the community. We don't have any of that. If we don't invest in kids, our congregation's average age will get higher and higher and higher as we all age until we die. That's not offensive. It's just a demographic reality. Okay, So some things can't be cut without consequences. We, if we don't let our staff start finding ways that they can train, that they can go to a conference from time to time, that they can have a networking opportunity, that they can have a spiritual growth opportunity, they're not going to learn how to leverage technology to make ministry work well. If we don't help them connect with people and give them opportunities to learn, they're not going to develop friendships uh, with other pastors nearby so that they can pick up a phone and call their buddy across the city and say, listen, what have you done with your youth recently that's working well? I need some help. I need some creativity. If we don't pour into them, they won't even notice when the culture around us changes. And that means they won't have the skills to know how to respond to it. And that will show after some time goes by. So some things that we have saved on are really good. Some things were just a short-term solution. It's going to be a problem if we continue that way. So I'm not into guilt, but I'm into celebrating. And I'm into celebrating you. Because you guys are the ones that are helping make this church hum. We got Wendy and Suad who come in on Fridays and they help to run our office. We have um, Brian and Helen who cooked all the food um, for yesterday's friendship party. We have all kinds of things. Somebody asked me the other day if all of our worship team gets paid. No. Somebody asked me if all the kids workers get paid. No. We tried to pay them for the gathering place so we charged a tiny fee and our kids workers, you know what they said? No, thank you. I'm here to serve God. So we stop charging people. We have amazing people in this church who make this place hum. And you're one of the reasons that we're still here 100 years later. So I'm not into guilt, but I am into honesty. You're going to want to pull out your pen. This is where these blanks are going to come in. And I'm going to give you the numbers really quick. You ready? Here are the facts. No emotion, just the facts. Every week, to cover everything, our weekly budget needs, we need, deep breath now, $25,198.
2-5-1-9-8. That breaks down per person to Our average weekly giving in January this past month was $16,133 when we needed $25, which means that per person what was given was $19.32. 19.32. So in January, we received approximately $2 for every $3 that we had budgeted for and that we needed. How many know that math doesn't quite work? Right? We received two for every three that was needed, and that is for a scaled back budget that doesn't allow any room for growth. Just telling you, just being honest with you. So I'm not into guilt. But I am into practical information, and here's where you can have a laugh with me, because either you're going to agree with me or you're going to go, she's not very bright. But I want to tell you today how to give at Evangel, because I've discovered that it is not that simple if you don't know what's going on. And 60% of our weekly revenue is given through electronic means. It's not dropped in in the bucket as it goes by. It's given through different ways. And we pay for that privilege, by the way. It is not possible, get this, it is not possible to give here without there being a fee attached in some way. We pay bank fees for everything. And if you give with your credit card, we pay the highest fees of all. But we do that to try to enable and make it work for all of us. So there are different ways that you can give. And I will be honest, Jeff and I, we're smart people. Between the two of us, we're, we're one smart person. And, and we got here and we believe in giving. And we thought, isn't this great that Evangel has all these different ways we can give? We couldn't figure it out. We could not figure it out. We're bright people. And I talked to some of you who told me secretly, I can't figure it out either. And so I said, okay, well, you know what? For the geniuses that are here going, I don't know what their problem is. Just bear with me. But for everybody else, there's nobody more motivated to give than Jeff and I. And if we can't figure it out, then I think there might have been some others that couldn't figure it out. So I thought, let's just get really practical and assume that some of you are the same as me. And I'm going to tell you all the ways that you can give at Evangel. Flip your page over. Pull out your pen. Circle the ones you like, violently X out the ones that you don't, okay? It's kind of going to be two categories. The first category is the first three things that are there, and that is when you need an envelope, a little envelope, and you're going to put your name or your an address on there, or it's going to be numbered, and you go, oh, I can't believe the church would assign a number to me. It's just for tax receipt purposes. Don't freak out, okay? But you have an envelope that has a number on it that is just yours, and with that envelope, you can, number one, put cash or a check in it, and then you just drop it in the plate as it goes by. The second thing you can do, you can go to our self-serve POS or debit machine in the foyer, which is out that door and slightly to the left and tucked in a corner, and you can put your debit card in there, and you can take the receipt from that, put it in the envelope, and put that envelope either in the offering plate or in the locked box that is just right underneath. I didn't even know it was there till a week ago. Okay. The third thing that you can do is you can set up an online bill payment from your own bank, just like you pay all your other bills. You just go on there and you look up Evangel Montreal, but you still need the number. That's your account number to be able to put in there so that we know where the money came from. 
The second category, you're still going to get a tax receipt, but you don't actually need an envelope number, and that's what the last three methods are. So you can give through Evangel's website account, and this is with a credit card. You can go to our website, which is www.evangel.qc.ca, and you can set up your own account there so that you can uh, keep track of everything. It can set up automatic regular donations that happen over and over again so that you never have to think again if that's how you want to give. You can also text, and this is set up from your credit card. And so you text the word give to the number that's there on your piece of paper, 514-612-0700. And the first time it'll walk you through it, and then it's easy peasy after that. And the last way you could do is pre-authorized debits, which requires an actual piece of paper and an actual voided check or an online picture of a voided check. And if you want to do that, you can have regular amounts taken out of your bank account, but you need to call the office and set that whole thing up. And they asked me to tell you, if you change your mind, you know, the day before it's supposed to come out, that's not enough time. You got to give them a few weeks warning if you want the pre-authorized debits to stop. Okay. That's the six ways that you can give at Evangel. A hundred years. We've been here a hundred years. Say that with me. A hundred years. We've been here a hundred years and we're still here when so many churches are not. And so many churches have died. That's exciting to me that we're still here. Generations before us have invested in this place and we are reaping the benefits. And you go, well, I don't think there should be expenses. Listen, as long as a church is alive and kicking, there's going to be expenses. The only time a church doesn't have any expenses is if it's dead. And they closed the doors, locked the doors. That's the only time that there's no expenses. But, so we've been here 100 years. But, imagine 100 years in the future, what they're all going to be saying about us, about this generation. Oh, they made the building attractive. They changed everything so that it would work for the culture they were in. They, they recognized how important technology was. They, they took care of each other with buttons. And in 100 years, they're probably going to say, we don't even know what a button is. But they took care of each other with those buttons. And it was amazing. In another 100 years, I hate to break it to you, they might need to renovate this building again. Nothing is forever. In another hundred years, how many global workers will we have supported? How many nations around this planet will be impacted and changed because of this group of people right here? In another hundred years, how many Christian leaders are going to be in business and in healthcare and in education and, and in government? Christian leaders who have been discipled and poured into and invested in here. Can I just ask you something? Wouldn't it be cool? Do you think it's possible? Some of those youth that were out there on the corner lost on Friday night because they didn't know where the church was. Wouldn't it be cool if one of them, say in 20 years, was the lead pastor at Evangel? Wouldn't that be cool? Investing in our kids and youth. So, I'm not asking for more money today. That's your call. I just wanted you to know what happens with it. I just wanted you to know where we're at. And our finance committee, we have a meeting this week. And next week, we have a lead team, committee meet, uh, lead team meeting. And we do that every month. And we're going to continue to make the decisions the best we know how. Our staff is going to continue to work with the budgets that they have the best that they possibly can. But if this church 
is still gonna be here in 100 years, impacting the city as an inside-out church. It will be because all of us right here, right now, who are benefiting from the generations that went before, it will be because we decided to do the same for the next generation and pour into them and invest in them. It's up to us. So I'm gonna ask you to stand, would you? Stand with me. Hold out your hands. Let's pray. Then I'm gonna ask the worship team to come on up and lead us in one closing song. But God, we just pause right now at this moment. We're holding out our hands as a sign of submission to you, God, and, and just welcoming you to speak and to, for us to receive what you have to say. But for three weeks, God, we've talked about money. It's not actually comfortable. It's not actually fun. It's not my favorite topic. But God, if we're honest, it matters. The money actually matters. It's not a good or a bad thing. It's just a real thing. And God, I want to honor you with my finances. We want to honor you with our finances. God, this church wants to honor you with our finances. So we're asking you to show us what that means. We're asking you to show us, Lord, as a church, where we can save, where we can not spend, where we need to invest, what matters. Help us to handle our finances, God, with integrity and accountability and transparency and wisdom. But God, I'm asking that you would help us to do that individually as well. To help us to take our finances and invite you into them. Help us to hear from you what we're supposed to do, what you're calling us to do. God, I want to say thank you for this church, for a hundred years of history, for those that have gone before, for those who sacrificed and gave and invested so that we could be here today. We could be here worshiping you and honoring you. Thank you for those. Would you help us to turn around, God, look at the future and start pouring into that? We ask that you would do this in Jesus' name. Amen.